Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from January 17th by Pastor Andy, titled, Reset, Reconnecting with God Through Fellowship. We talked about this morning in Sunday school. Uh, about how God calls us to even love our enemies, to, to pray for them, to do good to them, not just to stand back and say do nothing, but to actually do something good for them, to, to bless them, and, and because that's what our Heavenly Father did to us. And, and we think things like that, loving our enemies, is, is basically, uh, that, that's difficult, that's hard. But what it says in that scripture is that that allows us to, to look like it looks when we do that to our enemies, we're looking like our Heavenly Father. And rather than us see something that is difficult, that is hard, we should see this is a privilege. This is something I get to do. I get to, to pray for my enemy. I get to bless them. I get to do good unto them. And it can be seen as something that, that is not difficult. And we go, oh, how can I do that? But something that we should pursue because it's a great privilege of our life to be able to forgive somebody the way God has forgiven you, to be able to, to love an enemy while God loved you, while you were still a sinner, to be able to reflect his life through you. What a privilege. What a privilege. And it's something we should see just a little bit differently. Okay, I won't charge you anything for that. That was completely extra. So we've been talking about how much we need to reset our relationship with God. We need to reset in the Christian life, and, and, and we do that through connecting to him. And what has become obvious in our Christian culture is that so many of us have a, a very weak connection with God, if any at all. I mean, when, when you look at, at our Christian culture and, and you don't see any love, you don't see any submission, you don't see any humility, you, you see immorality, you see people going after the words of the world, you see all this stuff, this, this unforgiveness, this, this hatred, this bitterness toward other people, you see that going on, it's obvious. That connection that we are to have with God is gone. And here's the thing that we need to understand, that connection is everything. It's everything in the Christian life. Let's just look at a few verses here real quick. John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. This is eternal life. What, going to heaven when we die? No, knowing him. It's a relationship word. It's talking about that connection. Here we read in, in 2 Corinthians eleven three. 3, but I fear that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning and your mind, that your minds may also be seduced from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. It's so easy to allow Satan and the world to keep us away from what we should be all about, that, that, that devotion to Christ, that connection with him. In fact, Paul talks about this in, in Philippians. He says, forgetting everything that lies behind, I press on to do what? This is real simple here. To know him. To have that connection with him. It's all about that connection. Here's what we read from Jesus. He said, truly I tell you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son likewise does these things. I can do nothing of my own. I judge only as I hear. And my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. 
So here's Jesus saying, I don't do anything, I don't say anything unless I hear my Heavenly Father tell me to do that or to say that. Do you see the connection? How strong that is? That's what God desires of us, to have a connection like that, that's strong like that. Here, it says in Mark, he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles to be with him to send them out to preach. So they, their, their job was what? Is to be with him. See, they were called to be with him, not called to ministry. Ministry came result of the intimacy. First of all, they were called to be with him, to have that intimacy, to have that connection. And the ministry only came as a result of the connection. Same with Jesus. He only did what his heavenly father told him to do or, 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 or to speak what his heavenly father told him to speak. So, we said that there are steps that you can take to make that connection stronger. And that's what we've been looking at the past couple of weeks. The first week we said we want everybody to get a boat. That the way you make your connection stronger is through the living and abiding word of God. And boat was an acronym. The B standing for the Bible. To get into God's word. To take Matthew for the next 28 days. Take one chapter in Matthew and read it every day. So to be in his word. So day one, you're Matthew one. Day two, you're Matthew two and so on. And that while you're in those verses, those chapters of Matthew, you have what the O stands for. You make an observation. God, what are you trying to say to me through your word? And be careful because now you've been doing that for a couple of weeks. Now's the time for you to go, oh, let me just find something real quick and write down so I can get on with my day. No, maybe you got to read it again or read it a couple more times and allow the Holy Spirit to come and speak to your heart. And then the A in both stands for application. How can I apply this to my life? What can I do to, to make this a reality? And the T stands for telling God, thank you. God, thank you for the observation. God, help me apply it to my life. And many of you have been doing that. I hear things every week uh, about you. And people tell me, oh, that's made a big difference in my life. My favorite came from one of our online viewers in Alabama. Former member here. His, his, uh, he, he was watching the service a few days later on, on the Internet. And uh, then after watching the service, he went on to go do some health, do some volunteer work, something like that. Came back home. His, his son, uh, eight year, I guess I think he's eight years old now, Ajax. Some of y'all remember Ajax. He came to him and said, Dad, will you be my accountability partner? That's a shout out to Ajax if you're listening there in Alabama. And I guess I need to congratulate you on your win for national championship. <laughs> yes. Because uh, uh, I know Chad was a, a big Alabama fan. He was always very gracious, but I don't remember him congratulating me on LSU winning last year. <laughs> anyway, so one way we connect to him is through his living and abiding word. The other way is through prayer. And I encourage you that uh, last week to, to be a Borg in your prayer, to pray the prayers that we see in the New Testament. The B uh, standing for uh, boldness, to play boldly. The, the O standing, standing for to, to be overwhelmed by the love of God. The R for revival, how much we need revival in our lives. And, and the G for to grow in unity and, and love for one another. 
And the reason I use Borg for you Star Trek fans is because it's all about that connection. All the, the Borg were ultimately connected to the queen. It was all about that connection. And so this week, how else can you build that connection with God? It's through his church. It's through the church. Now, what's going on today in churches, as far as Christians and churches, is, is that the attendance is just going down and down and down. Less people are going to church than ever before. And, and it, it's kind of a, it's not just church attendance is less. That's kind of misleading. The same amount of people are going to church. They're just going to church less than they ever have before. Think of it this way. If a church has, a, has 100 people in it and, and people go on average of three out of four Sundays, their average attendance is going to be 75. If a church has 100 people in it and they go on average of two out of every four Sundays, their average attendance is going to be 50. And all the research indicates this. So it's not that there's less people going to church. They're just going less than they ever have been before. When I grew up, it was different. Mom and dad would come into my bedroom on Sunday morning and say, get up, we're going to church. But I have measles. I don't care, you'll just sit in a car, but we're going to church. Anybody, was that, like, that kind of how you grew up? Yeah. Because they knew a big part of it was just showing up. Just being there. They were going to be there. And that's how it is in life. In fact, there's a saying that goes, 80% of life is just showing up. Right now, we can't get uh, employees to work because their employers say they just won't show up if they would just show up. It's been said you can make a B in any class in college just by showing up and sitting on the first or second row. Part of life is showing up, yet we have all these reasons why, as far as the church is concerned, that we don't show up. And it's real easy. You know, it could be the weather one week. It could be, you know, I got this other plan next week. It could be the, the weather's good or weather's bad. It just doesn't matter. People aren't showing up. A uh, big influence, a uh, big reason why people aren't showing up is the affluence that we have today. Because now we have options. Now, because we have a little more money, we've we got options to do. We can take this, you know, this quick uh, weekend vacation, getaway, or we got these entertainment options, or we got all these recreational options, or, or, um, or we have this, you know, cabin out in the valley or something like that. Another reason people aren't just showing up is because of kids' sports. Because it used to be when I was growing up, they wouldn't dare have kids' sports on a Sunday. Now it's a common thing. And then another reason why is, is blended families. You know, especially for kids, you know, they're with this parent, uh, you know, so they're going to church, but then they're with the other parent next weekend and they don't go to church. Another reason is, is the online options. Because now you can sit in your pajamas and watch the sports on TV while you're also watching church, right? Now, I know that that's a necessity during the pandemic, but it shouldn't be a way of life. We live in this culture where there's no guilt at all associated with skipping that gathering together, with skipping coming and being a part of church. And I hear all the excuses, and you hear the same ones too. Well, I can worship God better outdoors than outside. Well, yes, I agree. You can worship God out, outside and outdoors. 
It's, it's a great place in Alaska to do that. In fact, the psalmist agrees. The psalmist says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I don't have to be at church. I can, I can worship him anywhere. But the same guy said this, two verses later says this, proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Then I hear, I don't believe in organized religion. I love Jesus. I just don't love the church. And my answer to that is, you've got the wrong Jesus. Because Jesus loves the church. Ephesians 5 says he gave himself up for the church. He's all about the church. You can't separate Jesus and the church. They're connected. It's, 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 the, it's the head and the body. It's the bride and the bridegroom. In fact, Jesus is so much about the church that, that we read this in Revelation. Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. When I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was one like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe with golden sash wrapped around his chest. So there's Jesus among these lampstands. And then we read, The mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So John gets his vision in heaven of Jesus and what he's doing. He's tending to his church. And you go read the next couple of chapters in Revelation. He's, Jesus is writing these letters to his church. And each one of them begin like this. I know. I know. I know what's going on inside your church. I know what's happening. I know what you're experiencing. I know where you're at spiritually. And Jesus knows that about our church, about us. Because the church has his attention. It's his bride. It's his body. It's what he died for was, was not just us as individuals doing our thing all over the world, but us coming together and being the church. But people who think they can be a Christian and not have to be a part of church, it's like somebody saying, I want to play NFL football. I just don't want to be part of a team. Or, or I want to join the army, but I don't want to be in a platoon. I want to play an instrument, but I don't want to be in the band. And what is it that I always say? At least, probably more than, I know more than once a year, one twice a year. This is your first time. The church is the body of Christ. The way you treat the church is the way you treat Christ. Can you be a Christian and never go to church? Yes. You can also be married and never go home. Both cases, you're going to have a very poor relationship. The church is not an option. It's an ought. Listen to this. I will give praise in the great assembly because of you. I'll fulfill my vows before those who fear you. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord, where the tribes, the Lord's tribes, go up to give thanks to the name of the Lord. This is an ordinance of Israel. You know what ordinance means? It means it's something you ought to do. You're supposed to do. See, church is not an option for me. It's an anchor for me. God doesn't want to go to church because he needs it. It's because we need it. It keeps us focused on that reality. It keeps our connection strong with God. Let me read this. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints, members of God's household, his family. 
See, when Jesus built the church, he didn't just give us a place to attend. He gave us a new, new family to be a part of. So why Jesus didn't say, or they didn't say about Jesus' name is Emmanuel, God with you. It's God with us together. Your family. Now, here's the thing about family. Especially those of you that come with a bigger family. You can look at some of your family or your little brothers and sisters and go, I don't really need them. I can do okay without them. In fact, I might be better off without them. But they need you. Sometimes it's tempting for people to, to stay away from church to say, hey, I don't really need what those people have down there. I'll do all right by myself. Yeah, but do you ever think they may need you? I've told you before, when I, my first day of college, I got invited to the Baptist Student Union. And I went. Started going to Bible studies early in the morning. We started at 6.30 in the morning. So I'd leave my house by 6.15. Now, I'm okay with that today, but as a college student, that was kind of rough. But that experience changed the trajectory of my whole life. And it wasn't the Bible study that changed the trajectory of my whole life. What changed the trajectory of my whole life was the connections that I made. Because I was hanging around guys who were two or three years older than me who were godly guys. And their influence, that connection, completely changed the trajectory of my life. So then later on, because I had a long six-year college experience. So later on, you know, these other little squirrely little freshmen would come up and I go, you know, Ooh, you know, because they're, they're just freshmen. There's just, you just don't want to stay. You just, but I fought that and, and, and would invest in them. I got a call. It was two years ago from a guy who I hadn't talked to in 35 years. And, and he was going through some trouble, and he was, uh, he was part of that BSU Center. And he told me, and I didn't know he was a pastor, but he'd he become a pastor. And he told me partly the reason he did that was because of my influence on him. Look, it's like a little brother or sister. You may not need them, but they need you to be a part of that community because you're family. You're family together. And part of being family, part of sign of being family is that you want to be with one another. Now, that's what every parent wants. Every parent wants their kids to come home, right? To come and visit, to, to want to come home. Listen to what uh, we read in 1 Thessalonians. But as for us, brothers and sisters, after we were forced to leave you for a short time in person, not in heart, we great desired and made every effort to return and see you face to face. He said, I had this longing. Just longing to, to be with you. You know somebody's committed to you if they're willing to sacrifice things to be with you. And Paul was. He wanted to be with him, but there was an obstacle. There was a problem. So he wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and time again. But Satan hindered us. See, your commitment to other people is going to always be targeted by the enemy. In fact, you can tell that people are 
beginning to, to, to fall away from God because you see their, their commitment to want to be together. You see that sort of fall off and they're just not church often. And when you stop going to church, when you stop that community, you become an easy target for the enemy. But here's what else Paul says. For who is our hope, our joy, our crown of boasting in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So what's Paul saying here is what he's going to boast in, what he's going to glory in, what is he going to find much joy in when Jesus comes again? It's going to be in Jesus, but he says it's going to be in you. That doesn't happen if you don't have that connection. That you can't come in the presence of Jesus and says, not only Jesus, am I so glad to see you, I'm glad to see all of us together with you just to, just to see these people that influenced me and who I influenced who we did life together. That's my joy. That's my glory. When Jesus comes again, your joy and glory is not going to be in your portfolio. It's not going to be in the job you had. It's not going to be in the, the house you own, the car you drove. It's going to be in God and his people. And if you don't have that strong connection, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Now, Let's be honest. Some criticism of the church is valid because the church is made up of imperfect people like you and me. And the church, as we said, is so much like a family. And in every family, every family, you've got those weird people, right? That cousin, that uncle, that aunt. They're just a little bit off and weird. Not only that, you have the spoiled brats. You have the, the weird uncle aunt, and then you have the spoiled brats. And if you don't have any weird uncle or aunt or spoiled brats, it's probably you, right? But, but every family has that. Every family. And that can make things difficult. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, For my part, brothers and sisters, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babes in Christ. I gave you milk to drink and not solid food since you were not yet ready for In fact, and, and, and you, feel the, uh, you feel the frustration here in Paul. In fact, you're still not ready. So, so what he's saying here is that you're fleshly, you're carnal. In other words, you wasn't listening to the Spirit. That connection wasn't that strong at all. You just weren't doing well. And then he calls them babies. And we know what babies do, right? They don't get their way. Wah, 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 wah. They got to have their anything. Just wah, 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 wah. Just for no reason at all. Wah, 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 wah. I got the privilege of... Okay, she's not here. All right. I got the privilege of, of watching two kids, my wife and I, this, this week, overnight. And I was warned, when she gets up in the morning, she's not a morning person. Just wake her up, just leave her alone. Let her finish the rest of waking up all by, all by, your, all by herself. And, and, and then she'll, she'll be okay after that. The first morning, that's exactly how it went. The second morning, I go in there to wake the kids up. And she just jumps up all smiling and happy and laughing. I go, hey, sunshine, isn't this great? Got the necessities taken care of, got her dressed, and all of a sudden she just starts crying. 
What's wrong? Just crying. We got to eat. Come on, let's eat. Yeah, so pick her up, put her in a chair. No, no, you're going to eat. But no, you're going to sit there and eat. Just crying, crying. Wouldn't eat a thing. Got to take her to daycare now. Get them in the car. She's still crying. Drive to daycare, 15 minutes. She's still crying. Open the door, drop her off. She's still crying. And I go, I've been there before. Not just with three-year-olds, but with Christians. It's just, wah, 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 about anything, right? Here's what Paul says. Because you're still worldly. For since there is envy and strife among you, are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? How do you know there's babies? How do you know they're baby Christians? Because of, wah, 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 just about anything. It doesn't matter. Just anything, that's just what they're doing. Just, just can't handle anything. But here's the thing. Baby Christians don't have a problem with God. They have a problem with other Christians. And when you hear Christians just wah, 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 you just think to yourself, babies. Because they haven't learned to love the different difficult people in life yet. Now, here's what everybody thinks. Okay, baby Christians, I can do without them. Let's just kind of push them away, and I want to keep on going. But here's what we read in Romans 15.1. Now, we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not to please ourselves. You who are mature, you just can't push back and say, well, they're just babies. No, no, no. you got to get rid of your own interests. Put their interests first. Here's what you need to understand. The church is supposed to be messy. You have people from all different backgrounds and all different levels of maturities coming together. It's going to be messy. But what should draw us together is our common commitment to Christ. That ought to transcend our politics, the, the, what we dress, what we talk about, what we do, our hobbies, and everything else that we have that's so different. It's never going to be easy to come together and do church with people from so many different backgrounds and different levels of maturity. It will never be easy, but trying to do the Christian life by yourself is impossible. You cannot mature in isolation. And we pay a great price a great price when we don't put a priority on community, on being together, being the church. So, a couple of weeks ago, I wanted you to get a boat. Like I said, I hear things every week about how that is helping people grow their connection with God. Great job. Every time you prayed, I want you to pray Borg. Because what are you doing? You're praying for things in which we see the, what the prayers in the Bible are all about. You're praying for that, 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 that spiritual growth. You're, you're praying for, for you to be connected to God and, and, and have that connection with Him when you pray that way. And today, 
Again, uh, the Borg's a good analogy because not only were they all connected to the queen, they were connected to one another. So I know I got at least 10, 15 Star Trek fans in here. Um, so you can follow this and, and forgive me those who aren't. But, but if a Borg got disconnected from, from, from the group, they didn't do well. They kind of floundered around. In fact, I think I'm going to try and find a clip of that next week just to show you what that was like. It wasn't easy. So Borg also applies to this too. But this week, here's what I want. I want you to focus on the body. The body. How important it is to be the church. Okay? And all these say the same thing. It's just to help you lose sight that if you want to be connected to God, you got to be connected to one another. You can't be connected to God and not connected to one another. And you want to build your connection with God, you build your connection to the body, to one another. So here are things to remember. The B, bond with Christ and his church. There's an unbreakable bond between Christ and his church. You be a part of that. You, you, you get that instilled in your mind. Oh, opting out is not an option. Because you're going to be tempted to opt out. Satan is going to come along and try and put obstacles in your way, just like he did with, with Paul, and try and get you to opt out. Opting out is not an option. The D, discipleship demands fellowship. It demands it. You can't follow God alone. You can't be a Christ follower and do that by yourself. Then the why, you can't mature in isolation. Without others, you will remain immature. Because we're as a body, we're to, we're to love each other. We, are to, we, have not, we have an opportunity every time we come together to do things that the body should do together to grow. Because every time we get together, somebody's going to rub you the wrong way. It's just going to happen. You have an opportunity to love. You have an opportunity to forgive. You cannot mature in isolation. So all these are saying the same thing. They're just trying to reiterate what we have lost sight of today. And that is, if you want to be connected to God, we have to be connected to one another. You want that strong connection to God? You got to be connected to one another. And that connection is everything. And so we start taking these steps and reconnecting to God. So would you do that? Would you follow through on these, these first three? And we'll talk a little bit more next week. So my hope is that as a church, you will be a church who chooses to weigh in on what it means to be a church and not opt out. Because it's so easy to want to do that, isn't it? It's so easy to want to do that. So for this week, the invitation, look at your life. You can tell about your connection to God because how's your connection with others? You can tell about your maturity by your connection to other people. Do you have an idea? I don't need them anymore. Oh, no, that, that's not an option. That's not an option. You may not need them. They may need you. 
Either way, it's not an option. May we be a people who choose to weigh in rather than opt out and strengthen our connection to God together because you can't do that in isolation. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.